Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to learn from Jen Campbell. Jen is known as the cringy mom from her social media accounts. Jen encourages people to embrace authenticity, which means putting your true self forward. She influences millions of people worldwide and continues to do that today. So, Jen, thank you for coming on today. I'm looking forward to learning from you. But just kind of an opening question to kind of get into this. How did you get started in this? What just made you wake up one day and decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to start an Instagram account or whatever social media account was first and say, I'm going to call myself the cringy mom. Like what started you to do that? That's a great question, Josh. I have loved social media for a really long time. I live in a remote mountain resort community with less than 3,000 residents. So I have a big personality and I live in a small town and I wanted a way to be able to connect with other people. And social media has given me an opportunity to do that all over the world. And I started creating video content. And as I'm sure you've seen short form video mm -hmm. content on social media, it's huge. That's what yes. all of the algorithms are prioritizing. And especially for your business as an entrepreneur, it's really important to focus your energy on creating that. And I didn't want to. <laughs> I had taken the classes, I had read the books, I'd seen other people do it and save the things, but I felt so self-conscious when I would stand in front of that camera. And I was mm -hmm. out in the middle of the road one day and I was recording content. I had my tripod set up and my husband's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I pointed up, I pointed aside, I pointed down and I said, it's a TikTok. <laughs> and he said, well, it's nice that you have to appeal to the lowest common denominator. And I said, no. And I sang a little song. I'm like, I'm doing this to make lots of money and increase my social following. And it was super cringy. I made a little video and I put it in my mastermind group. And they're like, oh my gosh, Jen, this is so you. You're the cringy mom. And from that <laughs> point, I said, even if it's embarrassing, even if it's awkward, even if no one watches it, I'm going to cringe forward and create content. And I'm going to embrace being who I am, no matter where I am. That's cool that you do that. I, again, I think, I mean, that's why initially I reached out to you. It's doing this. I've done this quite a while now. It, it gets very, like there is that barrier between the screen. It's like, oh, this is weird. And you're sitting there like almost talking to yourself sometimes. And oh it's yeah. Like, what, what, this, this feels weird. So I guess on that, a lot of people may, when they first start out, Right. Because I, I've talked with a guy and I think social media, people are still underestimating that. Mm -hmm. And how do they kind of, I guess, overcome that fear to just put up that camera and just be them, I guess. <laughs> I like to think about my ideal audience and it's not a huge mass of people. I'm speaking to the entrepreneur woman that's 30 to 55 years old that is juggling lots of different responsibilities as either a wife or a mom or both. And everyone needs her for everything. And in between that, she has all of these labels, the different things that people force on it. Mm -hmm. And there comes that moment, that cringe forward moment that despite all the obstacles, she's got to just embrace who she is and own it and let everyone see who that is. Because you're more than just a label, no matter who you are. 
And it's not the label that other people give you. It's the label that you choose to give yourself. And you don't need fancy equipment. I just started with my, you know, Samsung Galaxy camera and, you know, a $20 telescoping um, selfie stick from Amazon. And I did it. Because it doesn't matter if you have the fancy lights. What matters is the more that you do it with consistency, because you have to do it consistently for them to be able to realize what it is, the more people will watch and you'll get more comfortable. And I didn't want to do it at first. And I kept creating content. I made over 300 TikToks and short form video content in less than six months. And I I decided that I really hated doing live. Like I wanted to go back and re-record everything. And I would spend like an hour and a half editing a 15 Mm -hmm. second video which was not an effective use of my time. And so I started having live conversations with people and broadcasting those to YouTube and, and created a podcast out of it because the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel. And people, there is someone out there who needs to hear your message, who, mm-hmm. who is waiting for your voice and you're doing them a disservice if you let that fear get in the way of sharing that with them. I like that. I, I like that you said that. It's a disservice to some people because you you don't really know the impact, I guess you could say, on some of the other people's lives or what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's at different. I mean, that's something I've kind of realized, too. Everyone's at way different points in their lives, different stages. They have different challenges they encounter. And the one thing I found that is this very helpful is we all should at least talk about those things we experience. And I mean, social media has definitely helped with that. And when we, when we do that, you find that it helps you because you kind of get a talk through things like, Oh, this is kind of what I did. And that person's like, Oh my gosh, I never thought of that idea. And then you're kind of, as you're talking through things, you realize, Oh, that's what I think. Or that's how I kind of overcame. Like we don't even realize how we worked through things or did certain things a certain way until we start actually talking with other people about it. So on, on that social media front, there is still that barrier, right? I mean, it's really hard. And the one thing that could happen is some people may misinterpret what you say, Mm -hmm. how, and then they, they go on and write, they comment and say, Hey, what, what the heck's going on with this? And then you comment back saying, Oh, this is kind of what I meant. And, then they misinterpret it again because, heck, you don't know what's going on in their life. How do you kind of handle that? Oh, that's a great question, Josh. First of all, one person can make a difference. And, mm-hmm. you know, Gandhi said that it doesn't matter who you are or where you're at. Not everyone's going to get you. Not everyone likes Jen Campbell, and that's okay. I am not for everyone. You know, my, my teenage boys, I have triplet teenage boys. They think I'm super cringy, and that's part of the the reason why I decided to do that, because even though it's awkward and embarrassing, I did it anyway. We're really tempted to show the Instagram filtered version of our life. We want Mm -hmm. the perfect thing. We want to show the perfect kids. We want to be able to have the perfect car, the ideal scenario. And especially as entrepreneurs, our business is based on that. Whatever we put online on social media, it's huge because it's a reflection of who we are. It's our personal brand. And our personal brand is what helps our ideal customer connect with us. Our ideal audience appreciate who we are and it helps us gain our followers. If we're not being true to that, that's where the disconnect happens. That's how people get canceled. 
And I'm sure that you've seen, you know, people who have been boycotted, who lose a ton mm -hmm. of followers and their social media blows up and they lose money as a result of it. And my understanding of that or the way I see it is because there's a disconnect because a personal brand is how you see yourself, how others see you and how you want to be seen is the combination of that. And when there's a disconnect between those three, three things, especially how you see yourself and how others see you, that's when people get canceled. And yeah. when that happens, because it's happened to me, I own it. I've never taken down a Facebook post and I've been on Facebook for 13 years. So sometimes that means when I am heated about something, I wait because there's no damage if you wait an extra minute or two or even half a day to comment on someone else's position about something. I try to stay away from controversial topics in general. I've realized I'm not going to persuade anyone else to change their mind. There are trolls out there who are going to want to argue with you. And that's okay. It doesn't detract that your voice has value, your message has meaning, and you deserve to be seen and heard. Yeah, I I like that. And especially on the controversial, I, I love how you approach that too, is sometimes we post just in the heat of the moment. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> and it's maybe not the best thing you could do because then, right, and I mean, some people have built entire brands off this yeah, is exactly. and I, I don't even know why you'd do that but then they go in public and you know and you're just a normal person you have emotions you get happy sad angry whatever it may be and if you're like angry all the time on social media and then you go out in public and one of your fans sees and says, I love your stuff and they try to like get you angry or whatever and you're just like bro what, what are you doing I just want to have a conversation and that, that's what I think there's that barrier there is we only highlight the things that, I guess, in your words, the Instagram version of our lives, the perfect parts. Right. And we got to recognize that, look, they're, they're human. That's, right. <laughs> People that's, crave it. They crave that raw authenticity. And when you see Jen Campbell, you're going to see the same Jen Campbell when I'm typing something out when I'm recording a video, when I'm doing a podcast, or when you meet me in person. And I, I encourage people to show up as their true authentic self. Now, you don't want to show them the hot mess version of your life, <laughs> but it's okay to give them a, the warm mess version. You know, give them a flavor of your personality and who you are. Uh, a few years ago on Mother's Day, I posted a picture of me with my kids, you know, because that's what you do. And we took... 42 pictures, I think, to get all four boys, because I've got four boys, like I mentioned before, the triplets, and I have a younger son also, to face the camera. Now, they were putting each other in headlocks, they were punching each other, they were doing elephant, you know, bunny ears behind it, and, and struggled. And so I did the perfect picture, and right above that, I did the one that wasn't, one of the many. And I said, this is reality. This is the version that everyone else posts, this is reality. And I had over 200 comments from people saying, thank you. Oh my gosh, I appreciate it. I know, I feel the same way. Yes, I can really relate to that because it's not just the perfect picture. And we do people a disservice if we just show that part of our lives because it creates that comparison and that feeling of being less than or feeling like we have no worth or value or that our contribution can't be recognized and it's not important. 
And it's not about the number of views or the number of followers that can make an impact. Well, I had an Instagram post that blew up in October and gained um, thousands of followers. But up until that point, I had 156. I have 300 something on TikTok. Now I have like 1,400 friends and followers on Facebook, but I've been able to influence millions of people because I influence influencers. The people that I'm friends with run com Facebook communities and all sorts of groups that they have with tens of thousands or even a million followers. So you can make a difference by who you influence, by that one person. Um, someone said once that I'm part of all whom I've met. So they take a little bit of you with them wherever they go. And so if you're sharing your authentic self and creating those deep and meaningful connections, which is one of my um, number one things that I value is, are those deep and meaningful connections, you make a difference. You impact people all over the world. I, I love that because that that's exactly what I've been trying to get at. It's you are, you are really the product of, the people you surround yourself, I guess, with. <laughs> oh, definitely. And oh, I think I did this in a recent episode too. It's there was a book. I, I haven't read it, just to be clear. So I'm probably completely wrong. But someone was talking to me about it, and they talked about how this one guy he had figured out a way to produce wheat more effectively, or something like that, and he put food in like a million more bellies. Pretty incredible accomplishment. And he's sitting there and he's kind of thinking, well, you know, who, who deserves the credit, right? Because obviously I didn't get here by myself. And he starts thinking, he lists off, lists off a couple people. And he's like, well, my mom, my mom. So he goes and, you know, writes some thank you letters to them. And they're like, oh no, I don't deserve the credit. I learned how to raise you from this person. And then it just ripples and it's all interconnected in this weird way. And it went back and it even used some like historical examples as well. Like, yeah, it's just, you don't really know who you interact with and how, what the impact they're going to bring to those around you. And I just, just thought this. So, uh, just a while back, you said comparison, we shouldn't compare ourselves against others. I, I have to slightly maybe disagree. I think that can be a good driving force to help you improve and mm -hmm. say, Oh, that's a good idea. I should try and be that. So I guess where, where's that balance, I guess, of, because I still think you need it, but like, if it, you let, if you let it consume you, then I think it could become a problem. Where's that fine line? Would you say? Brene um, Brown recently wrote a book about that. Uh, it's called Atlas of the Heart. And that difference between comparison being the killer of joy and letting it um, stifle your authenticity, that's when it comes into play. So I am on the Enneagram test, I'm a three, achiever. I'm a three with three wings. Like there are no other wings, I am a straight up three. And it's really easy for me to compare myself to other people and it can be a positive thing because I love my charts. I love my, I give myself little stars and everything like that. I want to be the best. I want to do it all. But when I forget what I've already accomplished or I diminish myself, that's the problem. And the other issue comes when I compare the things I don't like about myself or my worst attributes with someone else's best. Because I'm never going to be a fantastic singer. 
You know that now. Um, I am not going to be on Broadway dancing anytime soon. And there are there are numerous Jen Campbells out there. I have the most com- one of the most common female names in the United States. I married a dude with a really common last name. So Jen Campbell, there are lots of them out there. But there's only one me, Jen Campbell, that has triplets, that lives in Idaho, that has the unique collection of experiences to impact other people. And when we remember that our story, our journey is what sets us apart, it helps create that inspiration, motivational to become more, to cringe forward. But at the same time, it acknowledges what we've been through, who we are. And that's the beautiful thing right there. That's how you're able to show up with raw authenticity in your life and on social media. So on that note, then, what would you say then, and you don't have to share if you'd like, but what would you say then are some of those experiences that define Jen Campbell? Oh, there's so many. Um, I really, when I'm going through a difficulty in my life, I try to reframe it and look at it as a learning experience and a positive opportunity. And sometimes those things, they suck. And it is a struggle and it takes a really long time to to push through that. And I I struggle with uh, anxiety and clinical depression and my brain lies to me sometimes. And pushing myself through that, um, you know, through medication and, and, and therapy, but more than that, making that decision that I'm not going to sit in a specific spot, that I'm going to choose to focus on what's good, to focus on joy, that's what makes the difference right then. Um, so I've been working through that right now, and I'm more visible than I have been for the last few months. Another thing, uh, like I mentioned before, I have triplets. I had 10 yeah. weeks of hospital bed rest. And oh right? Um, and after that, I was in the hospital and the doctor, she said, get up, you need to walk. And I said, I don't think I can do it. You know, my muscles are sore and I can't do it. And she said, come on, tough girl, you can do hard things. And every time that I think I can't do that, I hear her voice in my head, come on, tough girl, you can do hard things. And I know I can. And I know because I can, other people can too. And like you mentioned before, we're a community. And recognizing the strength and value in the other people around us can help encourage and inspire us. And I choose what to consume and who I follow on social media. The algorithm shows you more of what you watch, what you like, and what you comment on. And TikTok's a little bit tricky because it will show you the For You page and all sorts of other random things to try to suck you into that. But Mm -hmm. they know. And so if you're seeing things that you don't like or that are not uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring, unfollow people. Spend more time on pages of things that bring you joy, and that will help shift your mindset. At least that's what's worked for me. No, I I 100% agree there. I think who who you choose, I guess, to follow in regards to Instagram, but even you could argue with the TikTok algorithm, it figures out your interests. Oh, heck yeah. Pretty dang quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you start seeing a bunch of negative stuff, maybe, maybe shift it. <laughs> right. I guess is the kind of suck it up advice I would give, but. And who you follow, it's okay if who you follow and what you like to consume 
isn't your ideal audience. Because I love romance novels. And I read a ton of them. I love the happily ever after. I love like the magical part of it. And so I see a lot of thirst trap videos that come by on my, my feeds uh -huh. on TikTok, especially, you know, so I'm like, ah, you know, I, I don't need to necessarily need to see that, but, and it makes me laugh and it, it's something fun to be able to do. Now, like I mentioned before, that's not my ideal audience. Because my ideal target demographic to help someone one-on-one -on -one with personal branding is typically a middle-aged woman entrepreneur, you know, and I've, I've worked with, with men entrepreneurs and, and other people and businesses as well, but they're, they're not in those videos, but that's okay. You know, it's something that, you know, makes me laugh or makes me relate to something else. So it's knowing yourself well enough to be able to know what you like too. Exactly. And on that too, I remind me I've actually been doing this recently because I talked with a guy recently and I mean he he was of the thought of just get rid of social media I'm like all right yeah like let's get hard like I'm addicted like let's get off this stuff but then I realized I didn't really know like my friends would be talking about something like oh you didn't see this and I'd be like oh shoot like I kind of feel like I need to be informed on some of these things <laughs> so I got back on, but I'm like, all right, something needs to change though. So then I'm not like doom scrolling or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I realized I'm like, why don't you just change what you're consuming? And I'm like, all right, instead of consuming, uh, some of these memes, especially was what I'd love. It's just like, it's funny. I like to laugh type of thing. Uh -huh. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fun, but I, I want to be more productive and stuff. So I started listening to like, that's when I discovered Lex Friedman's podcast. I was like, oh, this is fascinating. I, and all this tech, technology stuff. I'm like, I actually enjoy this quite a bit. And now I just, for fun, I'll just go when I, when I need my break, so to speak, from work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's go doom scroll. But I'm doom scrolling like technology and learning even more. So I'd even say it's more productive and I, I like it type of thing. <laughs> You don't have to be productive and, oh my gosh, there are a lot of entrepreneurs and this kills me. They wake up, you know, at 5 a.m. and they do their, you know, 10 mile run and then they come back and have their organic wheatgrass and then they, you know, work their 12 hour day and are 100% focused and make their millions of dollars. But that is not long term sustainable for most people. And when we think that this is the ideal of what it looks like to be an entrepreneur or to be a successful business person, it's not. I am not a morning person. I worked at Starbucks for eight and a half years. I was still not a morning person. I do most of my best thinking right around nine or 10 a.m., which is why I wanted to schedule this interview in the morning mm -hmm. during that time period. If I'd done it at seven, you would have not only seen the bags under my eyes, but you know, it's that forced perkiness and that's okay. Uh, my biggest pet peeve about social media um, is filters. I hate filtered photos, and I don't like it when people don't post a picture of themselves and the authentic, legit them. Not the them that's 10 years and 20 pounds ago, but what they look at like now. Because I want to recognize you if I see you at the grocery store. <laughs> and that's happened where I haven't. I went back to my hometown and I saw someone that kind of looked familiar and I was like, I don't know if that's her or not. And so I didn't say anything. And then later that night, she'd made a comment about, you know, being in the Fred Meyer and I was at the Fred Meyer and I was like, that was her. 
And I missed that opportunity for connection, for the authentic, deep and meaningful connection, because that person didn't show up authentically on, online. And what a shame that is. And not just on social media, but in person, especially now that more and more people are getting outside of their homes and they're interacting, there is a hesitancy and anxiety that I've really recognized. I just got back from um, a trip to California that people don't talk to each other like they used to. And I'm an extrovert with a capital E. So I talk to everyone. I'll give you my opinion if we're standing <laughs> in the Walmart aisle about what cereal you should buy and why I think it's great, even if you didn't ask for it. But giving someone a compliment, a stranger and saying, oh my gosh, I love that outfit. I love those shoes. I love that hair. And I know that can be diff difficult as a man because then it could be perceived as sexual yeah. harassment or anything like that. And that's a whole other issue. But compliments are free. And people, we want to be noticed. We want to be seen. And we want to be seen for who we are, not just for what we do. And when you can see someone and they feel seen, that's when that connection can really occur on that deep level. I like that. I think... Yeah, after the pandemic, I think a lot of our social skills maybe got stunted a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Best we can do is just learn and figure it out. <laughs> we all, and the weird thing is, we all have, I'd say each generation has their own way of, I guess you could say, connecting. Yeah. And I mean, I've noticed that too. It's like, especially when you talk maybe like with a lot older people, it's like, for them, they're just trying to navigate FaceTime. Like, no, let's just meet in person. It's a lot easier. Like, right. screw all this extra work. Let's just meet. Whereas for maybe a young guy like me, it's just like, hey, let's just pull up a FaceTime. Let's chat. Or like, give me a phone call or text, especially. Mm -hmm. How are you doing, man? Like, what have you been up to? And that's just, for us, it's more, I guess, ease of use, which may not be healthy, but I don't know. I'm not a doctor. No, that... The number one social media, the fastest growing social media platform right now is Be Real. And I'm on Be Real. And I, I, if people haven't heard about it before, the timer goes off and you take a picture of whatever you're doing and it's the front and back camera. So you can't take the time to find the perfect background or do your hair just right. You can post it later, but now they have an upgrade that you're able to have three pictures instead of one picture if you post within that two minute window so that it gives you more of a chance to connect. And the first, you know, couple months I did it, I looked back through the pictures. And I'm like, I'm sitting in my bed every time, I, you know, and, you know, sometimes I'm on my computer, sometimes on my Kindle. And I'm like, dude, I'm not getting out and I'm not doing enough. And so it was kind of a mere reflection, but the pictures aren't perfect. And the number one thing that uh, Gen Z, who were born 1995 to 2007, crave is authenticity. They want that raw, authentic, raw authenticity they want to see the real you because they've been marketed to, advertised to, and they they don't want to do it. And my boys and the one that's slightly younger than that, um, the one that's 12, he talks to his friends on Discord. He doesn't have a cell phone, so he doesn't text, but he'll get home after school and he'll chat with them back and forth on Discord. My older boys will text. Generally, men do not use as many words in a day as women do, but... No. One of the best friends of my triplets moved to the other side of the country in North, Car North Carolina, and he would have lost the opportunity. They've been playing um, a video game online with each other, yeah. and they use the chat feature. Um, they have a mobile game they play, and they text back and forth. 
And he was feeling really lonely and disconnected, even though he was surrounded by people and had two brothers the same age. And that, that isolation and depression can have a physical effect on, on us. There was a study that said that loneliness can be as um, damaging to our physical health as smoking 20 cigarettes a day. That's a pack a day of cigarettes. And loneliness is the largest growing concern and suicide rates are up because post pandemic, we're not feeling that connection and that sense of belonging like we used to. And social media and texting and using whatever piece of technology that works, adapting and changing is going to help that. So there's a question I think that comes up with this and I think it leads in perfectly with what you're saying. And I'm going to use this as the intelligent question of the day. So I think maybe part of the reason also for why people may not understand like, or, or choose to isolate themselves or whatever it may be is they don't yet really know where they belong or they just have trouble even knowing, Hey, what am I interested in? Or what do I like to do? Or things like that. What do you say there? Oh, that's huge. And I have those teenage boys, they're sophomores in high school, and we've spent a lot of time, what college are you going to go to? What are you going to major in? What are you, what do you envision your career and work like looking like, or when you leave home, how do you want to spend your time? And recognizing that the average person switches careers, not just jobs, careers seven times within their lifetime. And I believe that number is going to continue to grow up as technology evolves. And very likely the job that they'll be doing 10 years from right now doesn't even exist. (laughs) Being open to the potential and possibility that you don't have to know and acknowledging that you don't know is okay. I don't know, I'm 46 years old now. I don't know everything about myself because my goal is to be constantly growing, learning, evolving. So I try some stuff on. I say, okay, I'm going to be a genealogy blogger. And I did that for five years. You know, I was a Starbucks manager for eight and a half years. I owned my own video game store for for eight years. Um, We had three different locations that I did that. I'm a personal brand strategist right now. Here's the thing. Those seem like they're completely unrelated. But the number one thing is that I was working with people and customer service and creating connections with them and building community. So when you know who you are at your core, it doesn't matter. You'll find the place that you belong. You'll automatically attract those types of people to you. And there's a huge fear because embarrassment and the internet are real. And having that shame and that mocking, especially with uh, that Gen Z, it can really prevent people from opening their mouths and having their voice be heard. That's a dangerous thing. That's a very dangerous thing. It doesn't create that discourse and that community growth. I agree. And yeah, there you go. That's the intelligent answer of the day. And on that as well, I think to your point, no one's, no one really knows what their life's going to look like. Even, I mean, even five, 10 years from now, No, it's like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And the best thing you can do is from what I've understand is make a decision, like be decisive and then stick with it long enough. So then you can kind of see, Hey, is this something I want to keep doing? Do I like it? What do I like about this? What do I hate about this? 
and then just kind of mold your life from there. That's, <laughs> I guess, what I've realized. I, I don't know. Do you have any thing to add to that, would you say? Because I'm Gosh, still I'm still learning. I, I think that we're all still learning. You nailed it. My word this year is decide. Because I want to have the perfect thing. You know, being the Enneagram 3 goals, I want the plan. I'm like, this is the thing. It's in my entire experience upon this planet earth, it has never gone according to plan. However, there have been things that I've learned in the past that have helped me a decade later. I never realized that, you know, struggling through poverty and having to build a website myself because I wanted to be able to connect and share what I, uh, my story and, and genealogy would lead to me being paid to do that seven years later. Uh, developing my own logo and personal brand and branding myself in, in um, well, I didn't have my own logo, but branding and redefining who I was in seventh grade when I went to a new school and had my spiral perm and the name brand clothes for the first time. And these people didn't know me. And I walked through the door and I said, I have the opportunity to let these people see who I am, that I didn't have all the other labels from my other elementary school, that that's the same foundation that I use as a personal brand strategist now. So taking those little things, um, and there are, are all sorts of online tests and quizzes, which I absolutely love that you can take to be able to define it. And I encourage people to have three to five words that really define who we are at a core. And you can just go from there. And the, uh, the other thing, I need to, this is so important. You don't have to like your job. It's okay to not like what you get paid for. It's okay for what you get paid for to not be your passion because you got to put foot on the table and have a roof over your head, even, even if that means that you're living at home, which I've gone back to do several times throughout my life. Um, you've got to survive. And you can still have that hobby and that thing that brings you that joy outside of what you get paid for. Well, Jen, thank you for coming on today. I, I know I learned a lot. I'm sure the audience did as well. But if people want to find you, reach out to you, follow you, all that fun stuff, what's the best way to reach out to you and find you? Uh, my social media handles on all of the platforms from LinkedIn to TikTok, it's at the cringy mom. There's an E in cringy, or you can find me at jencampbell.com, one N, and there's a P in Campbell. And if they want to go on to jencampbell.com backslash freebie, F-R-E-E-B-I-E, I have a, a complimentary personal brand template that people can start with to find out what those three words are to really define them and who it is that they're wanting to connect with. And that can be used for business or for your personal life. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today. I enjoyed having you. Thank you, Josh. All right, everyone. As you can tell, that is Jen Campbell. She's a very intelligent person, has great things to share. I challenge you guys, if anything spoke to you guys today, to reach out to her. I'm sure she would be happy to help you. Stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.